The presenting sponsor of Top Docs is Netflix. With the Oscar nominations announced and voting just around the corner, we want to call your attention to our interviews with Academy Award-nominated filmmakers. For example, check out our conversation with Anne Alvergay and Deborah McClutchy about their film, The Martha Mitchell Effect. Martha Mitchell, the wife of former Attorney General and Nixon campaign chief John Mitchell, was dismissed at the time of Watergate as being crazy and even a drunk. She was, in fact, the victim of a well-planned gaslighting campaign hatched by Nixon, his top aides, and even her own husband. Stunning in its revelations and highly immersive in its cinematic approach, this powerful film will grant you a new perspective on those dark days of American history. You can watch The Martha Mitchell Effect now on Netflix. Hi, I'm Ken Jacobson, and welcome to Top Docs, live here at the 2023 Sundance Film Festival. We're here at Portrait House, and Portrait is the new creative alternative to LinkedIn for filmmakers. Joining me here at Portrait House is Michelle Stevenson and Joe Brewster. Ten years ago, they were here at Sundance with their groundbreaking, amazing film, American Promise. And this year, they're back with the world premiere of their new film, the wonderful documentary, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Project. I was thrilled to be in the audience at the very first public screening of the film two days ago, and I'm even more thrilled to be sitting across this table from you now. So, Michelle and Joe, welcome to Top Dogs, and congratulations on the film. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. Since this is a brand new film, just at the world premiere, can you give us a brief logline of the film? Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni project is really a time travel journey through the brain of Nikki Giovanni, examining her ideas, her positions, and her world. So we entice the audience to take this journey to Mars, of which she speaks about a lot in her work. That's nice, Michelle. <laughs> I know you want to add something. Go ahead. I want to reduce that. Nikki Jones is an amazing poet who has impacted our lives for decades. But at this point in her life, she's struggling in a, a number of areas, but her memory and her health. And we take a journey with her, recounting that history. One of the poems we use a lot is Quilting uh, the Pack I Peed, in which she equates the African slave trade with the trip to Mars. And so I think if you really want to look at our work, from American Promise to the Nikki Giovanni project. I think we've come back with a different film language. And I was just gonna say, I was absolutely gonna ask you about the film grammar of this film and how you discovered the right grammar to use to contain and explore just this whole world, really universe that is Nikki Giovanni and her body of work. It's really appropriate that you say this whole world and universe, because I think that was the one of the first elements we wanted to do was to build this world that sort of honored her work, but also in some ways finding a visual language that was itself a poem. Some of the constraints that we actually enforced upon ourselves was that we were going to use strictly her voice, that this was not going to be a biography going through the chronology of her life, which I feel that a lot of conventional biographies attempt to do. We really wanted to be very specific 
And so in that language that we were trying to develop, which took quite a long time, from the very beginning, we were talking about being on different planes of visualization, different planes of sound and words that hopefully could echo similarly the impact of her words, but doing it from a visual standpoint. So the grammar development was really through some intensive collaborations with our editors. Do you want to talk about the impressionistic elements of it and how we work through it? I think some of our inspirations come from the Black Audio Video Collective in the UK. Yeah. John Lecumfra's work, the Stuart Hall Project, was an inspiration. We talked about it being a cross between Kurt Cobain's montage of Heck and I Am Not Your Negro, which themselves have sort of their own language in there that we were exploring. When you're doing a documentary on poetry, it comes with obstacles, right? You want to honor the poetry, but attention span for viewers is very short. We were looking at impressionistic filmmakers currently in the past, and then with this light dope went off and we realized it's really about the theater of film and that we look to our own past. My father's a Pentecostal preacher. If you look at the elements of theater, you don't have to just pull from film. You can pull from church. Uh, Michelle is a Haitian Panamanian. She's got a rich theatrical culture. So we like to say that we pull from Black Atlantic culture, which is a musical culture that you'll see in, in the African di diaspora and in Africa. But what you'll see, it's polyrhythms. You'll see the feeling that you want to dance. You appreciate what's it? It's called individuality within the collective. So there is an appreciation for the person who is creative. And so we use all those elements throughout the film. Yeah, in some ways, just to elaborate a little bit, it's almost like the visuals are in conversation with the words as opposed to illustrating what the words are saying. So it's like, how do we challenge the visuals? You know, two plus two equals, you know, 10 as opposed to four so that the visuals are amplifying what's being said, but they're also a call and response between the two as we move through. And in the editing process, when we were in the thick of it, we had created some stanzas and we were building the emotional arc of the different stanzas and then figuring out, well, how do we juxtapose those stanzas between each other? So to make this, we had to work with multiple editors because our strength and that weakness is, is interviewing and verite. So yeah. you have powerful performance, emotionally resonant conversation, but that wouldn't work for poetry. So we stopped the editing process and did a search for editors who do accessible experimental work so that we can talk about the language. And that's what we did. We brought on Tara Long from Canada, but we brought in others who were basically more experimental. Reggie Allen from Baltimore. His work really involves doing... Well, he was heightening some of the Black Atlantic conversations we wanted to have. And he was enamored also with Nikki and the whole space metaphor. So we dug deeper into the space metaphor with him after we had created this sort of longer poetic statement. And then sometimes we had to pull that back. What's so effective in, about the film is it does have these quote-unquote experimental elements, but the film is also incredibly accessible. I mean, I feel like whether you're new to the work of Nikki Giovanni or you're a lifelong fan, the film invites you in and it has these multi-layers, but it's so fluid and there is a syncopation to it and a rhythm to it. 
And especially with some of the sequences around the poems, I remember that the Rosa Parks poem and the archival that you used with that. And it all just works in service of the poem and of the broader structure of the film. So I guess that's just a way of saying, wow, you guys did an amazing job with that. I wanted to just go back, though, to ask you about, you know, Nikki talks a lot and she writes certainly in her poetry a lot about love. And I wanted to hear what made you fall in love with the poetry of Nikki Giovanni. I was a teenager listening to Nikki on pop radio. That poem, Ego Tripping, Ego Tripping was playing on popular black radio in L.A. And what I felt was a sense of pride as she imagined a future and a past. And I think it was part of the time, but also she's had an appreciation for women that comes out in the film. I don't think there was a black woman who wasn't crying in that audience, but many people cried and they laughed and they got angry. And that's the kind of work we want to do. That's the kind of work we wanted to do with American Promise. How did she inspire you? Well, I'm originally from the Caribbean. I grew up in Canada for the most part, but constantly looking for icons, you know, as I was growing up that sort of reflected or that I felt could be an inspirational for me. In high school, I was exposed to Angela Davis, read her autobiography. And then in college, I came more across Nikki Giovanni and Soka Change. And for me, it really comes from a black gendered perspective in terms of her unapologetic nature for me felt like an inspiration, not just an inspiration, but was this North Star that allowed me to feel more confident about myself and being able to stand up and truly pursue what I felt not just was right, but what I felt I wanted to do. And it's become even just more intensive in terms of being able to be around her during that time. She's not an easy person. <laughs> there are many we things that I don't agree with that she has done in her life, but there's also a complexity to her that I appreciate. And for me, really, I feel that her work has been a gift to us as a community and to the world. So let's lean into Nikki as a person, as a personality, as a collaborator on this film. First of all, how did you connect with Nikki and why did she want to participate in the film? Because obviously her collaboration is absolutely critical to the film. Yes. The very beginning, like we were thinking about how could we perhaps delve into work on uh, biographies, you know, potentially the next thing we pursue. And we looked at music. There were a lot of financial constraints around music and licensing of music and musicians and profiling. And I think the next thing Joe was thinking about Nikki and her inspiration to him as a teenager and to his community as a teenager and thought, why don't we reach out to her? There's nothing out there, right? And so she's very easy to reach <laughs> through her partner, Virginia Fowler, who teaches at Virginia Tech. And they said, you know, come on down, let's talk. <laughs> and I went down, I remember in September, 2015, and Nikki basically says, she never says no to people. I don't know if it's the fact that what made her want to do it. I think it's just the fact that she just didn't say no. I'm sure she looked us up. <laughs> I'm sure she did. And basically said, you know what? Do what you want to do. And this is one thing that's very interesting. So she puts very specific barriers to, I'm not gonna give you this information because I'm not interested in going back but you do whatever you feel you want to do as artists. I'm not going to get in the way on that. I don't know why she allowed us to make this film, but she gave us all the rights. Yeah, that's right. Except for the stuff that she keeps involved in and mm. lost in at the Boston, Boston University. Yeah. But uh, it's what she says, so she never says no. But I think on another level, she's in the stage of her life where she's thinking about legacy. And you can't undo that. That is a natural process that comes after you're seven. And uh, she looked us up and she thought 
we might not hurt her, but that we were respected in our community, filmmaking community. And she gave us this gift and we had to fight for it. So she says, I will do this, but she's checking us out at all time. Political conversations are constantly happening. And guess what? We disagree often. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. She's a supporter of Hillary Clinton and she's having dinner with my son and she's in a heated argument because he's a Bernie fan. He's a what fan? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was pretty heated, but I think we learned from each other to live and let live. And she had a respect for my son. Jenny said, leave that child alone. And I think one of the things that we want to leave you with is that we don't want to put Nikki on a pedestal. We want a critical conversation. We want to understand what she brings to us. And we want to complicate her narrative. We don't want a saint. I do want to go to the title, Going to Mars, which does refer to this great poem of her, hers, which I would consider a great epic poem called Quilting the Black-Eyed Pea, We're Going to Mars. And I believe you use the entire poem in the film. Is that correct or very close to it? No? 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 It's much longer? Okay. The poem is much longer. Okay. Yeah. How did you decide which parts of this epic poem to use and why did it become the central nervous system and the guiding principle of the film? What we're doing with more impressionistic filmmaking is looking for metaphor. We're looking for parallels across multiple different planes. And that poem sp spoke to us personally. And that she did the work for us with that poem. For us, even listening to it, a lot of strong feelings. It says some of the things we wanted to say before, that we come from a great place. And instead of celebrating our losses, our failures, let's look at what we've accomplished. We start the film by saying that. Yeah, I have a vague recollection of when this light bulb came up after spending a few months with Nikki and interviewing her and spending time in her home and noticing how invested she is in space. She's very invested and in that notion. Throughout many of her poems, there are references to stars, to space, and Mars, and other things. Also honoring this Afrofuturist perspective mm -hmm. that she's really a part of. Joe mentioned this idea of metaphor and symbolism, which is really a key to poetry. And we wanted to explore that from a visual perspective, but I think the way we picked elements of going to Mars was really trying to give us, in part, the anchoring for the film, something we could go back to that would resonate, depending on what you've seen before, that would resonate even more. So there were the elements for us when she speaks to the Middle Passage and it being the reference for the decisions one has to make to be going to Mars, when she celebrates this notion of exploration and what it means, and then when she honors the people who decided either to pursue the trip or some to go into the water, that we have a greater understanding, maybe even of our larger American culture and society. Let me but, just say that I don't want to leave you with the impression that this happened quickly. Yeah. This happened over seven years. And at one point, we put the film down and we brought in another editor who basically worked with just that poem. Wow. We cut that yes. poem into four sections yes. and gave the editor and ourselves the task of a five-minute exercise of taking one, one quarter of that poem but, and expressing yeah. it visually. That was after we knew that this would be our anchor for the film. Because for us, that space metaphor speaks to so many other elements of our own lived experience as part of the Black diaspora. But also, it also sp spoke to the human condition 
as well. And so being able to anchor it with that poem gave us a way for people, you were talking about how it, the film also has experimental elements, but it's also very relatable. So structurally, we took elements of conventional storytelling as well to help anchor the audience and ourselves as references. There's some great archival footage in the film. The scene stealer for me are the clips from a TV program in which James Baldwin and Nikki are in conversation. And it is a true conversation and it feels very balanced. These are two great artists who are just communicating artist to artist. Can you give our audience a sense of why this footage is just so electric? I think it's electric because it's relevant today. That footage has gone viral amongst the current generation. There are little millions of views online. It speaks to gender politics. It complicates black gender politics. And she questions Baldwin's values and ethics. And we don't see that much. <laughs> but she gives as good as she gets, boy. <laughs> she doesn't care if it's James Baldwin or who. She's going to just speak her yeah. mind. It's amazing. She yeah. goes toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. But Joe is right in terms of its resonance today is because the conversation is still conversations we're still having today. And I think her challenging him is refreshing. But also what I find really a poignant too is the intergenerational element that exists between the two of them that for me also I find inspiration from. Because at the same time as she takes him toe to toe, he has a certain sort of, I don't even know how to say it, but the intergenerational interaction between the two that has to do with mentor, mentee, the independent-minded younger one challenging the older ones or questioning the older one's wisdom on certain things is really something that I think which is why it's having all of its viral aspect with the younger generation serves as, a, as an example of how can we engage intergenerationally in a way that there's respect, challenge, and hopefully a greater understanding across generations too, especially for us in the Black community. Yeah, and without giving too much away, there's also a present tense intergenerational aspect to the film involving Nikki and her own family. But that is yeah. Afrofuture, mm -hmm. Afrofuturistic. That's an Afrofuturistic concept. And I think what, I'm gonna stop it here because I don't wanna give up, give away the film as well. I think but, it's but, great we've been able to just but the have this is, taste. Ah, yes. Where is Mars? That is what moved me because it's not necessarily a place. Right. A state of mind. I think that's a great note to end on. And Michelle and Joe, congratulations on the film. It's wonderfully made, it took you seven years. You took your own journey to Mars, perhaps metaphorically, but I think you came home and really hit the landing. Thank so, you. Thanks so much, and again, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We want to take a moment to thank our friends at Portrait for hosting these conversations at Sundance. Portrait is the creative alternative to LinkedIn for filmmakers. Apply to join their beta at onportrait.com. That's all one word, www.onportrait.com. Thank you.